Welcome to The Destined Life, a podcast about achieving the life that God has planned for you, which is The Destined Life. We discuss topics like God, church, relationships, health, finance, and so much more. I'm your host, Destiny Harris. Welcome to the Desk of Life. I am so excited because today we finally have everybody together to talk about dating. We have uh, men, we have women. I'm so excited. I'm going to uh, have them introduce themselves as well. Um, but I'm really happy to be back with another episode. Y'all have been with us uh, throughout this series. It has been amazing so far. Um, I want to, I don't know who I should start with. Um, first off, if you don't know who I am, my name is Destiny Harris. I'm the host of this podcast. If you're new here, thank you so much for, um, for joining us. I'm happy that you found us. Please, uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's amazing. We have fun over here. We, uh, and we have a great episode for today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with Lamar. Hi, Lamar. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to hear um, what the women have to say, because the brothers, we kind of said our thoughts on it. So I'm anxious to hear what the women have to say. Yes, yes. Uh, next, you have uh, Kendra. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here and just excited to have this conversation with everybody in the room. So this should be a good time for sure. Yes, uh, we have, uh, who am I going to do next? You got Brian here. Brian? Hey. How's it going, everyone? Um, great to be here. Definitely looking forward to some awesome dialogue. Definitely needed. Yes, yes. Uh, next we have uh, Monet. Hi, everybody. Super excited to be here. I love having conversations that surround the topic of relationships because not enough people talk about it. So I'm ready to get started. Yes. Uh, next, we have Andre. I'm Andre. Very happy to be here once again. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, hey. Okay, and we have Tabitha. Can you say hello? Hey, everyone. My name is Tabitha. I am from Brooklyn, New York. I'm excited to have this conversation with you guys. Yeah, I'm so excited, y'all. We have some amazing people who have, like, great uh they're doing great things um I've already by now I've already shared out their bios and what all they do and where they you know so y'all know we got some pretty uh, we got some educated people some people who have been through a couple things they know stuff that's I'm really really excited about that excited about um talking with them we're gonna go ahead and get into it I want to ask everybody where they are right now for our first segment, just asking where you all are. So um, we can start off with Brian. Where are you right now? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I try to always stay open to learn more, but I am uh, doing great. Been working on becoming the best version of myself. So um, things are doing great and coming together. That's good. That's good. Um, Kendra, how are you? Uh, where are you right now? 
I'm good. I feel good. I'm excited. There are a lot of great things that are going on right now, um, including this. Like, this has just been a lot of fun already. So I'm just excited about a lot of the great things that are on the horizon right now. Yes, that's good. That's good. Um, Andre, how are you? Where are you right now? I'm fantastic. <laughs> Every time God wakes me up and gives me another opportunity to correct yesterday, I'm great. Yes. Um, uh, we can have Tabitha. How are you feeling? Where are you? Um, I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm a wellness coach and my wellness academy debuts this Tuesday. So I'm trying to take my time and relax through it. So after I do this podcast, I'm going to, you know, take some beat time and not stress. That's my goal. That's that's good. I'm, I encourage that. I encourage that. Um, Monet, how, uh, where are you right now? I am... I feel like all over the place, but not that way. So a lot going on. I am planning for an event uh, in December. Um, I am working on kind of segueing into season two of my own podcast, kick that off and um, just making sure, you know, because I'm a lot so making sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do for, you know, clients coming in and making sure that, you know, my daily operations is in check. So just kind of managing all of that, having my hands in all these pots and making sure that I got everything taken care of. So that's where I'm at right now. Yes, I'm, I love it. Y'all all doing so. Uh, LaVar, where are you right now? Well, sounds like everybody summed it up for me. I'm a little bit of what everybody said, um, but I'll say I'm definitely in a better place. Um, and just hearing that, what everybody else said, we're all kind of in the same place, but yet somewhere different. Um, so it just kind of encourages me to know that, you know, through everything that's going on, everybody's still able to maintain a positive attitude. So I feel even a lot better just listening to what everybody said. Yeah, I'm glad everyone's pretty much in a good place. And if they're kind of, it's because they're doing stuff. So, and that's what I'm all about. I'm all about making sure you're doing something and not just sitting around all the time. You know, of course, we need our time where we can be able to chill and just, you know, relax, but making sure that you're doing stuff. Everybody here, we all have great potential. We have amazing uh, minds. We're, we're intelligent. All of us are. So we all should be doing something. Uh, and I'm really happy to hear that. We're going to go ahead and get into the episode. We're going to talk about this dating thing. Um, Dating as a Christian specifically, um, I wanted to ask you all about before we get into the actual dating, you know, before we actually start dating. Um, so maybe it's, you know, for you, it's really young. Um, so I want to talk about the preparation before dating. Now, some of the things that I may ask you, because I'm going to talk about our family uh, parents specifically, and then I'm going to talk about social media and church. Um I know that many times we're not saying that this is supposed to, you know, prepare us for dating, but many times these things that we may learn from these different places have actually, um, you know, influenced us and influenced our mindsets, which is why I wanted to talk about it a little bit. So first up, I want to talk about parents and um, many times they, their relationship may influence our um our relationships now, our dating, you know, when it comes to friendships, just anything in general, it may influence it and you may not even know it. So I want to start off with Andre, if you don't mind. Um, how has your parents' uh, relationship influenced your dating life? It actually hasn't in a positive way because um, I grew up in a household where my father was very abusive. 
Uh, he used to beat up on me and my mama on a daily basis. And uh, he used to also cheat on my mama. He used to, I remember this model he used to say about how it's the poor mouse that only has one hole. And that stuck with me for a long time. I was like, wow, you know, I never want to do my, my people like that. You know, people that I truly love and have feelings for, I never wanted to hurt them or make them feel bad. I never wanted to see them cry one time. You know, if they even shed a tear once, I want to know what's going on. How can I correct this? You know, this is how he, you know, affected my relationship life. I wanted to be nothing like them. So that's how that went. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something, you know, for a lot of people, um, because your way, I'm glad that you were saying that you didn't want to do that, but there are other people who may have experienced that, but where they turned out like that, uh, like their father or their mother or whoever it is that had a bad influence and he ended up being like them. So I'm glad to hear that you were able to get away from that. Um, are there other people, um, I want to, I'm going to leave it open for anybody to jump in. How has your parents um, influenced your dating life? And I know uh, some people are married, so, but, you know, just go back in time uh, to when you were dating. How has it influenced you? Anyone? I think go? for me, I think for me, um, because my father is so much, so much so of a teacher, uh, intellect, I realized through my dating experiences, I sort of look for a mind that I can connect with first and foremost and to have deep conversations with. Um, that level of intimacy I learned about myself that I look for in a man. And for my mom, I feel like I got her nurturing and her catering side. She's very caring. She is um, very, very sweet, extremely thoughtful. And I think that I have brought though that to my dating experience as well. Yeah, I I love how we, you know, we're talking about our parents and their personalities and stuff. And, and everybody's marriages, because um, I one thing that I do believe in is that you should talk about uh, when you're in the dating season, that you should talk with that person that you're interested in and um, making sure that you ask them how their parents' relationship was. And right now, there's a lot of, you know, well, for a long time, there's been controversy about the roles of, you know, the roles of a woman, the, role, the roles of a man. Is there anybody here who um, your parents, they may have played different roles in the, uh, the social norms? I know now it's very different from, you know, way back when. But is there anybody here who may, uh, their parents may have played different roles where your father was probably at home more? Or is there anyone? I know for me, um, I grew up in a household um, my parents were divorced before I can even remember. Um, so my mom definitely held down the household. My mom was a young mother. I have uh, my mom was uh, 18, 17 when she got pregnant with my older sister, had me and then had my younger brother. So I watched my mom hold down the entire household by herself um, and made sure that everything that we needed, everything that, you know, all three of us needed to be successful that we all had. Um, and because of that, I also watched my, her and my sister kind of partner in raising myself and my brother. So I know for me, seeing that meant, reminded me constantly that that's not what I wanted for my own children. 
Um, so it definitely played a part in the decisions that I made in regards to how I dated and being honest with myself about when I saw different signs about the different guys that I might have been interested in. So if they weren't consistent, I know for me, that was something that was really big about a man having a man in my life was if you're not consistent, then I, I can only trust what I do or don't see. So either you're teaching me a lesson or you're teaching me a lesson. Um, so I know for me, that was really, really important. So, uh, but also being mindful of the fact because I do come from a, a household where I've seen a woman be, you know, play every role in every position, making sure that I'm mindful of um, what my role is as a wife um, and what I can bring to the table. The fact that I don't have to be overly independent, like there's nothing wrong with me being independent and standing on my own two feet and being able to take care of myself, but also recognizing that I can also submit to a man when the time comes for me to be married because submission doesn't take anything away from me. It actually is a, it takes a strong woman to be, be willing to submit. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my experience in regards to what I saw my parents go through and what it is that I wanted and still continue to want for myself. Yes, I, I love that. Um, is there anyone else who may have had different, um, you know, maybe a different experience? No, uh, has anyone ever probably wanted something opposite of what they're, uh, I know Andre already talked about it kind of, but um, I don't know if you all have probably uh, saw your parents, maybe there's something that they did that may have been opposite. Maybe you liked them for the most part, but there were some things that you probably did not want in your future relationships. Um, can someone speak to that? Uh, I'm going to have Lamar go. If there's anything that maybe your parents did that you were probably like, I'm probably not going to do that. Um, I think for me, I grew up in a single parent household, um, didn't have really a relationship with my father. Um, and that was very difficult, um, you know, you seeing, you know, play like different sports and stuff like that. And you look around and you see other parents there and especially that father, because, you know, a lot of men and I used to front like, oh, that didn't bother me. So on and so forth. It's not till you get to those like events or whatever. And you looking to see is dad there or, you know, you know how like the movies portray like dad playing baseball with a son, so on and so forth. So that really bothered me. But um, I think not seeing him being there was like. You know, and get the context what I'm saying. It definitely was like the best thing that could ever happen to me because now with myself having a son, it made me realize like how important the father uh, plays a role into any, you know, son or daughter, but definitely his son's life and the importance of being there, really just spending time with him, you know, showing him that type of love. You know, love is more than just a hug or saying it, but it's also me sometimes giving him that correction, you know, and my, th my son really thrives off, you know, just building that relationship with me. So I say all that to say just simply that, um not having that consistency in my household and seeing you know my mom not really having stable relationships is what helped me to perfect myself to make sure that my household is stable yes i love that i think that's amazing you know we all take from our childhood and how we were raised to me and you know i feel like you know we take it the good stuff like okay i see this i like that but then there's some things it's just like okay i might do that different or maybe even asking questions like okay why did y'all do it like this you know and you may not understand it later on you figure it out you're like oh that actually makes sense but uh i think that's that's really cool i, I want to move on to um yeah i want to move on to social media um now i know that everybody when they were in the dating of uh, 
when you were younger, probably social media wasn't as big. Um, it wasn't until a little bit for me. I felt like social media got bigger when I got into like more middle school. Some of y'all probably a little bit older uh, during that time. But how do you feel like if we're going to talk about social media and just surroundings in general, like friends and, you know, like people in school or, you know, your, you know, people that you hate hung around, you know, how did it influence you when it came to dating? What did, what did they say? How did they um, view dating or what did they say that it was? Um, Monet, you can go. In terms of uh, the influence or what I saw come social media, it reminded me a lot of what I didn't necessarily want. Um, so I didn't grow up in the church. I did grow up in a two-parent household, but just even seeing how my parents' relationship was, everything that they did, the way that they kind of ran the house, their interactions with each other, it that showed me things that I didn't want. And so when it comes to social media, I'm of the awareness that I'm only seeing a snippet of what somebody is allowing or choosing me to see of their life. I'm not seeing the good, bad and ugly. I'm just seeing the pretty and the filtered. And so when it comes to social media, you see everybody all hugged up, booed up. Everybody is, you know, kicking it. But then, you know, you following somebody for like a couple of years and then all of a sudden, you know, they're divorced, broken up or separated or whatever the case might be. And you're like, well, what happened? Y'all look so happy. And so for me, social media doesn't necessarily influence in terms of what I want but it reminds me that you don't get to everything, that there are so many different layers of relationships that you can't take what you see at face value because you're only seeing a small snippet that somebody is allowing you to see. You're only seeing what people want you to see. And so in terms of social media, just understanding that I'm getting this filtered version and that in terms of relationships, I have to do my own digging. I have to do my own observations I have to pay attention to how is this person interacting with other people not just what are they doing when they get around somebody that they're interested in what are they doing when they're you know in a good mood but what does this person look like through multiple seasons of life what does this person look like through crisis what does this person look like when they're down and out and so social media really hasn't impacted me in terms of my wants my desires or even my interests per se but it has given me the reminder that everything that you see isn't necessary, necessarily reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brian, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Or maybe you have a different view um, when it comes to social media and how do you feel like they um, view dating and how do they, uh, what has it taught you or maybe influenced your, how has it influenced your dating life? Um, well, for me, um, I've noticed it's it's definitely changed. Obviously, um, things were different when I was younger. I'm 42 now, so um, now you know people slide up in your DM and be like, "What's up?" Whereas before, you would write a love letter and maybe leave it in her locker or, or you know find some way to you know track her down. So um, you know, technology as a whole has like changed a change a game. Um, for a lot of things, but um, now um, it's n- it doesn't seem as as personal. I mean, on social media, you could present, you know, as she was saying, one thing, but then in reality, it's another thing. Whereas before, um, you know, before and um, you know, you still do this, uh, you know, be up on on the phone all hours of the night, you know, talking about what you doing, nothing, what you doing, so. Um, you know, some things have definitely changed, but some things like being on the phone to the wee hours in the morning are definitely the same. So um, social media definitely has a 
part, but it's important in order to find out the truest form of a person, you have to be the truest form of the person, you know? I believe you attract what you are. So, you know, it all depends on what you're projecting. That's what you're going to attract. Yes, of course. And I think it also, um, I know social media, you know, they're like, oh yeah, because you know, social media can be so negative, blah, blah, blah. you know, and many times it's viewed as a very negative thing, but I think it has to do with you. What are you following? You know, I know that people, uh, the same thing, you know, when they talk about people, you know, like, oh yeah, people, they're just horrible. It's like, well, they kind of ask you a question, who are you attracting? How are all these people bad, you know? And it's just like, how is everybody horrible? Who are you attracting? So I think it's the same thing with social media. You can control, you know, who you follow. Now, I know that there's some things that are out of our control, of course. But it's like, who are you following? Like, I know for me, the people who I follow, marriage is being glorified. Marriage, um, you know, is a thing that's love. I know we're talking about dating, but, you know. And then also dating, you know, there's, you know, they teach you good things and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not standing. I'm like, oh, this is my Bible now. But I'm just saying there it's more positive. And I think it has to do with who you follow. There are a lot of people I had to unfollow. I was like, I'm not following this anymore. Because this is it, you know, this doesn't go with me. So I think that's also something that you have to consider as well when it comes to social media. Making sure that you're following the right things. If everything you see every day is negative, that means you need to change um, you know, who you're following. Um so I think I think that's definitely important. I want to move on to church. I want to make a comment about um, social media. It kind of ties in with church a little bit. And I kind of want to advocate a little bit more for social media and kind of be on like the positive side a bit. I think that social media has sort of shown the realities of marriages, of relationships, the ins and outs, the ups and downs. I think that growing up in the church or what they present in the church is more of a holistic, exactly what the Bible has pronounced to a T, but not really given the realistic behind the scenes pictures. Like I think this past week, my girlfriends and I, we, I forget what situation we were talking about, but we're like, wow, the lies of marriage that, you know, married couples kind of present, like everything is so peachy, like give us the tea, show us what, you know, really goes on behind the scenes. So I think for me, I found through social media, um, I found OWN TV and I found the show Black Love, which is a docu-series of a bunch of different Black couples. Um, some are celebrities, um, but they really go through the ups and downs of their relationships. And some of the truest and the most solid and the most bonded couples have been through some of the most tragic things. And I think, you know, it's important for us to like someone mentioned before, to see each other. I think it was Monet, you know, and we, I think we discussed this on our ladies podcast and like all shades of, of, of gray, all shades of ourselves through different times, through different periods. Um, so I think it has helped me a lot. You know, I think even for me growing up with my parents, I really don't know their story as a married couple. And I think that's something that parents should give to their kids at a certain age. Like, tell us your story so we understand what we can you know, be a little bit more prepared for the ghettoness of dating and marriage, <laughs> as well as the beautiful sides. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I 
I definitely agree with you. The Black Love Dog uh, is amazing. I haven't watched it in a minute, but it was, I remember it was just so cool to hear because I love hearing people's love stories. I think that's just so cool. Uh, I think it's just a, you know, romantic thing. You know, I just love, you know, romantic movies and, ah, you know, the notebook and stuff, which is really annoying, but, you know, whatever. I embrace it. But, um, you know, it's just cool to be able to see this. And now um, I know that there was someone, I believe it was J.J. Harrison. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but that's a, a gospel artist. And he shared on uh, social media, he said, I'm going to have a real transparent moment with y'all. Last week, me and my wife were not talking to each other because we were upset. And it was just like, wait, what? You know, and not a lot of people are used to this, but I feel like right now when I, like, we're getting to this time where people are being more transparent. Some people are. Now, I know some people are moving away from it, but there are some some influencers that are being more transparent. And I think when you do that, that's what helps uplift uh, relationships. Relationships have always been kind of this thing like, oh, you know, they're always fighting. It's just like, oh, like, I don't want to be a part of it. But I feel like you're being transparent. I think that will help people a lot more and give more advice to people. So I, I definitely think that's important. Um, I want to go into church. Now, I know a lot of y'all have different views about this, about church and how it has maybe prepared, how it's prepared you for, um, you know, going into your romantic life and starting to date, uh, marriage and all that stuff. But we're going to talk about dating specifically today. So um, I want to ask, hmm, I want to go with Kendra. Kendra, can you tell me how has church, um, you know, prepped you for dating or has it? Oh, um. <laughs> oh, child. it depends on which phase of my life we're referring to um I would say currently now like in my adult life um I've been in my current church for about five years now and I I'm grateful because I feel like I have very realistic conversations about dating um marriage sex all those different things like I just feel like all of the questions that I have or all the discussions that I need to have, my pastor does a really, really good job in creating a space where um, I'm comfortable and having those discussions. Overarching, I would say, I don't know. I know the girls, like we kind of talked about this the last time when it comes to like dating in the church, it's like, okay, there's this expectation that one day you're going to get married. But how do I get there? Like, what are the steps I should be taking um, I know what I'm not supposed to do. I know what I, you know, in regards to sex and that sex is for marriage, but all of those actual like intricate steps of, you know, there's this guy who's interested in me and I'm interested in him. Now, what, what does that mean? Oh, does he, you know, he needs to have confirmation and praying and all this other stuff and tarrying and sitting before God before he ever asks me out on a date, or is it genuinely okay for us to just kind of be in a space where we're genuinely kind of getting to know each other? And that looks different for a lot of people. Like sometimes it's over-spiritualized for people and sometimes it's never talked about at all. I would say for me, I've been very fortunate where I've kind of had people disciple me through the process of just different things in different spaces in my life. But I'm also very much a person where I operate in a lot of different spaces. So I have gotten a lot of um, indifferent messages in regards to like, you know, my friends from the church versus my friends who may not be as heavily in the church versus my friends who have nothing to do with the church at all. Um, so I just kind of think it just kind of depends on the culture. Like I said, now I feel like I'm having really good, healthy dialogue and discussions. Like I talk to my pastor 
about my dating life and she really has been like helping me kind of maneuver through some things and even recognize some things inside of myself just for like overarching like life goals and what it is that I want in a relationship and in a marriage but I can't say that that's always everybody's experience and I also can't say that that's not something I got until like I said I've been at the same church currently for five years so it's more of a recent epiphany or realization if you will yeah, I um I agree with you. I think when it comes to uh dating, I know for me, um I I always saw marriage. I never saw dating. I didn't know what like I think I heard about it, you know, and I'll see it in school, like from from okay, hold on, let me clarify. When I say dating, I mean dating as in like Christian dating. Like, you know, people who are Christians and are, are you know, I see people who are Christians, you know, they date. I'm like, okay, I see this in school or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, when it comes to Christian dating, what is that? Because all I see is, you know, people, they just are always married. You know, it's married. I always thought that was creepy. Like, people just hang, like, one day <laughs> pop up married with little Christians. And it's like, okay, well, clearly there are some things that have led up to y'all getting married. Like, did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, who, who, who shot the first shot to shoot or shoot? But if women shoot very differently than men shoot, so I need to know who shot the first shot. Is it okay for me to say like, oh, I think he's handsome? Or is it just, I need to be sitting here waiting and saying, I believe in God and just, it's going to happen by osmosis. He's going to hear my thoughts enough to know to come and approach me. And (laughs) I'm like, okay, we're not having these discussions. There's some middle stuff, but everybody's married with little Christians. So I don't understand it, how we get here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Lamar, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about a a woman coming to approach you? Do you think that they should just wait and let you come to them? Or do you think it's okay for them to say, uh, you know, that they're interested? What are your feelings on that? Um, I well my my I'll say my fleshly side would say definitely well I I mean I mean I guess in Christian walk you could say it too I think it's fine with either one coming to one another now when it comes to marriage proposal I think we that's where we draw the line a man should be proposing because I've heard of women proposing to men but the overall dating thing I think it should be natural and it should be if you like somebody you like them I think we get too deep in all this you know like Kendra was saying like you know oh I gotta pray and prophesy look it's not that deep. You like what you like. Let's just get to know each other. You know, dating should just be natural. It's nothing wrong with doing it in the Christian walk as well. You should be dating ultimately to get married. But how are you going to marry somebody if you don't know them? So it really should just be spending that time. So I don't think it should be that deep. Men or women just approach each other as long as it's respectfully, um, you know, and it's not going to cause church drama because that's one of the biggest things. It's like, you know, let's let's just keep it all the way 100. You know, if I know... Kendra, right? I can't talk to her. Then all of a sudden, Monet come to the church. Then the Tabitha, you know what I mean? Maybe those two shot me down. Now I'm going to the next one. Now, you know, you already creating a, a worse situation. And now she's looking at you like, or he's looking at you like, well, what are you doing? You know? So just make sure that you're doing it within the spirit of God. Please don't be hopping around the church. Please don't <laughs> be hopping like a rabbit around the church. Look. That's not a good look. Nobody wants that energy. No, don't come this way. You know people talking to church, so. Listen, okay? <laughs> yes, uh, I know that there's a, oh, you know, we have this, well, you should have stereotypes, or whatever, but I know that there's a thing, you know, like with musicians, you know, if they hear that they're a drummer, then 
I'm okay, thank you. Oh, bye. You know, and that just turns people off. You know, they hear that they're doing anything with music. It's just always that. And I know for PKs, for preachers' daughters, there's a thing about them, you know, and yeah. So, you know, we got to change this stuff and making sure, you know, it, it can definitely be uncomfortable. I'm a person, I don't feel uh, comfortable dating somebody at church. I feel like it's equivalent to dating somebody at work because if you break up, it can just be a whole thing. It can just cause a lot of stuff. So I just try to stay away from it. Um, what do you feel like, uh, Monet, I'm going to let you answer this question. Um, what do you feel like the church, in, uh, the church has failed to mention about dating? Oh, goodness. Um, failed to mention. I think it's the practicality side of it. Um, because like you guys mentioned earlier, well, should, should he be tearing? Like, did he go before the Lord? Like, do he check to make sure this was okay? And it's, I think being that um, intentional when you're considering marrying somebody, absolutely, you need to go before the Lord. But if you're simply trying to express interest to somebody, I don't think the church has even come close to really diving deep into this practicality side of if you're interested in somebody, just say that, like, just say it. It's, it's not like you're asking them to marry you. It's not like you're the one who's pursuing them. You're literally just going and saying, I'm interested in you. You do with this information what you will. You can pursue me if I let you know that I'm interested or you could not, but at least that way, you know, versus everybody just trying to kind of figure out what well, I can't tell. I don't know what she mean by that. Well, he kind of looked at me this way. All it requires is communication. And I think making communication practical and stop trying to sexualize everything and make it seem like oh, she being lustful. She chasing after men. No, she was really just trying to tell him. I think that you're attractive and I just wanted to let you know. And so I think, having the rational conversation to uh, neutralize, if you will, communication and stop sexualizing everything. I think that's probably the first piece that the church might be missing. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I want to, I'm going to ask Andre, Andre, because I know he's good with this. I, <laughs> Andre, how do you think, uh, how do you think the church can help with this? Like, what are, what are different, um, things that they can do to be able to help people to know how to approach others. I know that sometimes right now it's a struggle with men knowing how to approach a woman and women, you know, maybe they're afraid to approach a man. So can you give us some help us out? Cause I know you're the love mechanic, you know, as you call yourself. So what do you, uh, what is your advice? What do you think the church can do? As far as the church is concerned, need to stay out your business for one thing, because church people love to sit up there and judge, but the Bible tells you not to. But they're the first, they're the most judgmental people on earth. They, oh, you can't do this, or you can't do that. They should be teaching you how a man should approach a woman or how a woman should approach a man, but they don't do that. The Bible just tells you when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. How does a man find a wife? They skip that part. So I think that the lessons need to be, you know, outlined step by step by step instead of judging you when you do it wrong. I okay, yes, I agree with that. I agree. You know, uh, we always just jump to, you know, why didn't they do that? But then never asking the question, do we actually prepare them? 
before that? Do we actually prepare them? Do we actually give them the tools that, you know, there's difference if I gave you everything to be able to make, um, let's say you're trying to make a cake and I gave you all the ingredients and the directions to make it and you still, you know, mess up, then it's just like, well, what were you doing? But if I didn't give you everything, if I missed an ingredient or whatever, and you messed up and I'm saying, oh, well, this cake is bad. It's like, well, you didn't give me everything. So I think that's important for sure. I, I love that you said that. Um, I want to, Hmm. I want to see if I should ask this question. <laughs> when ask, it comes, can we get an example of how a guy? Uh, huh? Can we get an example of how a guy would approach a, a woman if they okay. were interested in dating? Anybody could jump in. <laughs> Andre, you gonna hold us down? I've been dating in twenty-one years. I've been married all that time. <laughs> I, I guess I can go. Um. I mean, a guy should really come up respectful, you know, introduce himself, um, you know, just having some friendly conversation. I mean, it depends on the setting, right? Um, and I, it's not that overall should change too much, but, you know, if I'm at work or, you know what I mean, just depend on the circumstance, but I think it should be respectful, approach you. And, and I think really it should be genuine, right? Not all that, yo, my, all that extra stuff that, you know, we probably used to do when we was young, but definitely just, just trying to get to know you. But I think on the, the flip side, you know, as the woman we're talking about, the, the women also has to, you know, because I'm going to be real, sometimes women got that. Like, you know, oh, what he want? Like, and I know some women have dealt with things in the past and sometimes they come across like, oh, he wants something. Or like Andre said, some people get into, uh, they may have had bad experiences and now they're getting into other women here. Like, yeah, you can't trust no men, so on and so forth. And now you look at every guy like, oh, he just trying to take something from you. And I think sometimes women actually miss a good thing because, you know, experiences are what somebody else said. So I think on the flip side, a guy should be coming respectful approachable um he doesn't have to come with everything and what i mean is just that you know i think the expectation and guys we try we kind of talked about this of like oh he gotta have a mansion girl he gotta have this he gotta have that i think as long as the brother's working you know he's providing you know doing whatever he needs to do he he has a legitimate job let me say that you know <laughs> he's doing what he needs to do then i think that's yeah. cool. but i think sometimes the standard for women like Yo, oh, he ain't got his own this. He ain't just going right left, and it's like, look, if he finds you as a wife, now y'all can build together, cause now you kind of missing out on the opportunity. Because let's be real, us being as like naturally fleshly people, and we already have everything together, we kind of be like, I don't really need you. But when we learn to come together and we can build, then we all can grow together and enjoy each other. I love it. You I said it said. well. I like what he said. That's real. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you all, um, when it comes to the church, now I know we had our things on the different episodes. I asked who um, who had the most pressure. So I'm going to ask you with everybody together. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, during dating specifically, how do you feel like uh, when it comes to the church, what do you think they put more pressure, who do you think they put more pressure on, the women or the men in uh, dating? So anybody can jump in. I'm gonna let anybody go. If anybody, you mean in re you um, mean in regards to um, like approaching dating, or in what um, in what way? I think when it comes to effort. So let me let me explain that. So when I say um, when it comes to dating, many times we. When you have like a problem or something, they're like, oh, we have, uh, well, you know, the woman, they need to do that. They need to wear this or they need to act like this or whatever. Or I, I'm giving the women's perspective. I'm not trying to be biased, but I, I am. Well, so, you know, I know my side. But um, what do you guys feel like when it comes to effort? Do, they, do you feel like during the dating season, they feel like the, the man 
has to do a lot more or do you feel like the woman has to do a lot more or do you feel like it's equal or do you feel like it's just whatever um what are your thoughts on that i'll answer that mm-hmm. um just like you had said you know, i've been to so many churches and i one thing i find is that the women always get criticized for the way that they dress or the skirts too short or whatever the situation, you never hear about the man being criticized about anything close to that. So the only thing a man actually gets criticized about is whether or not he's working, you know, uh, what kind of family life he has. And if he's in the church, you know, it's pretty positive or whatever. They don't really say too much about that, but they always wonder, uh uh-oh, what kind of money is he making or whatever. And one thing I want to say is that People are hard on the guys that's coming up. So you have to understand where a guy is going, not where he's at, okay? Because everybody has the beginning. It's not how you begin, it's how you end, okay? Everybody has a beginning, no matter how successful or how unsuccessful you are, you started somewhere, okay? So if I'm in college and I'm trying to get my degree, but I don't have a job because I'm in school full time, Does that mean I'm a bum? No, it doesn't mean I'm a bum. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to provide for you. But I have to start somewhere. But they don't make that, you know, that even noticeable. That doesn't count. all, All they worry about is how much money this guy has or what kind of car does he drive or, you know, what kind of clothes does he wear? Is he wearing the latest Jordans? Is he wearing Gucci? Is he doing this, that? If you go into college, I mean, most people that go to college know that ain't too many people wearing Gucci in college, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know? So all I'm saying is people have to realize there's a beginning and there's an end. Yes. Um, can I have a one, uh, one of the women, if you guys can say your thought on that question, um, do you feel like there's more pressure on the man or the woman in, uh, during the dating season? I, I can go. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, we, you know, we talked about this. I definitely think I was. It was funny that Lamar said, like, you know, you start looking at one girl. She say no. You start looking at the other because we know that there is definitely a numbers game when it comes to church and men and women. There are more women <laughs> in church compared to men. Um, and I think that kind of creates this pressure anyways, and it creates a space where a lot of women have this pick me mentality where it's like, oh, you know, I can cook, I can clean and I can do all of this. And granted, like, listen, sis, all that stuff is important, but that's important for you first. Okay. I'm going to clean my house and it's just me and Jesus here right now because that's just my space. But I think there is a lot of pressure on women in the space of one, you know, the mentality of I need to be seen. I need to be seen. A lot of women, you know, talk, it talks about, you know, wanting a husband. And we talk about this whole idea of like, are women really putting themselves out there? What does it mean to put yourself out there? What's the difference between putting yourself out there versus looking like looking thirsty? Like, 
what's the difference? So there's a, this lot of, a lot of pressure. And when you talk about, you know, the thought, even between denominations, what you can and can't wear, what you're supposed to look like, how this woman is supposed to present herself, you know, is she, does she not wear skirts and dresses? Well, I, it's just so many different things on top of the fact that you have society constantly thinking about what it is that's happening with your body as you're aging. So how old do you have to be before you get married to have kids? And it's just an because we know that men can have children all the way up until they go to be with Jesus a hundred and however many years later. But there's a lot of pressure from the church and from society as a whole on the women for sure as it pertains to what it is and dating and whatever else. And even to the last point of, yeah, there are uh, definitely there's a pressure for, you know, a man and what he has and what he's working with and whatever else in regards to his finances and all that other stuff. But women are a little bit more prone to see something and see potential and be like, OK, I, I can grow with this. I can I can see where this goes and be willing to do that. And I'm not saying that all men are. I hate to generalize conversations like this because clearly people have different perspectives. But for the most part, a woman will look at a man and be like, he's not there yet, but listening to his dreams, his expectations, watching his drive, I got more vision on regards to what he's going to be in the long run. Like he sees what he wants to be, but I, I have clear open eye vision of what he is able to become. So I think women are a little bit more prone and we're taught to be because we're nurturers by nature. That's who we are. So that nurturing nature of us just kind of wants to be a little bit more prone to be a little bit more patient. Whereas sometimes you meet a man and it's like, because they're so aesthetically fixed, if you have an off day or off moment, or maybe your lipstick ain't right in that particular moment, it's automatically like, oh, it's a no for me. So that's not everybody. That's not everybody. So don't nobody stone me afterwards. That's not every guy. But I definitely think that women are a little bit more prone to give men grace in that area. So I definitely think there's a lot more pressure on women. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like everyone brought up some really great things that I I I believe that the uh the audience they're definitely gonna be blessed by this episode. It's gonna make some people definitely have some thoughts and um start up some conversations. I I want to do this here. I wanted to establish the stages of the relationship. Um, because there there are different, there's so many stages, you know. Oh yeah, no, we're just talking, oh it's complicated or whatever, it's just annoying. So I wanted to go ahead and um to define these different stages. Now I have uh some here you can add or maybe you can take away, it's up to you. But I have approach, you're approaching the person, uh, there's the talking stage. Well, I feel like that's actually right. Never mind. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Approach, getting to know each other. Uh, then there's talking, and then there's dating, and then there's boyfriend and girlfriend. So, what are y'all thoughts on that? So, what is the uh, the approach stage? What is that exactly? Um, I'm gonna have Brian. If you can answer that one. I think the approach stage is just um, like you said, getting to know one another and building up confidence to um, to um, to approach in the first place. A lot of times people allow fear to like um, keep them, but it's like you have to get to the point where, you know, well, whatever they say, it's not going to change me. You know, what's the worst that can happen? And just, you know, build up that confidence to ask in the first place, like, 
hey, how are you doing, you know, um, and get that conversation like, um, you know, um, what do you like to do? Maybe one day we could go hang out and go out for lunch and talk some more and then just just build it up. It's like it's like building a building. You know, you don't start off building a building with um, with the final product. You start off with the with the basics and then with each layer, you get the you know, the cement the groundwork, and then you build up and up and up. And that's the same thing with a, a relationship or with, or with dating, you know, there's different, um, different layers to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the approach, um, I wanted to make the reason why I wanted to establish these stages because there's also benefits and uh, their boundaries during these different stages. Now, some people, they feel like, you know, oh, he said he liked me, so we are about to get married, uh, where, you know, I'm bound to this one person, you know, and it's just like, some people have to refuse about that. Um, so that's why I wanted to establish these stages. So I want to, uh, Brian, you can go ahead and clarify, do you feel like during the this approach stage, are you bound to that one person, or is it, uh, what is it, are you able, are you allowed to talk to other people, or no, what do you feel? I, I feel like if you're if you're getting to know someone, um, you're not bound to that one person. But the moment both of you um, mutually decide that you are entering into a dating relationship and then at that point, it's just you and that person. And okay. also, I'm sorry, I was just going to say also on something you said, um, you know, I've noticed, you know, a lot of times um Women, you know, they they grow up thinking about marriage. You know, they're they start you start off as little girls playing house. Meanwhile, boys are outside in the dirt getting dirty playing trucks. So it's like boys aren't thinking about marriage till later on in life, where you know, a lot of times women have been thinking about it. So it's like, you know, guys need time to catch up, you know, hold up, let me tap the brakes, you know, let me, you know, I need patience, you know. Let me get to where you're at. So it, um, it takes time. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's say the getting to, because um, there's the approach like, oh, hello, how are you? I like you. And it's like, oh, you know, and it, that's just how you may get the number. Or uh, now some people may say, I'll give you my, uh, my social media, like my IG, you know, they if I'm not ready to give out a number yet, it's just like, oh, I'll just you know, I DM you on uh, Instagram or something. And then the next stage I feel is the getting to know each other. Like, okay, we're getting to know each other. We're texting, we're talking back and forth. Um, can Tabitha, can you tell me a little bit more about this stage? What is this, uh, what is happening during the, the getting to know each other stage? Um, the getting to know each other stage. So I know that you're trying, you want to understand, I guess, the boundaries in that stage. I think you're hanging out, you're dating other people, you're, you're probably communicating here and there a couple times a week, maybe a phone call, you know, taking it easy, taking it one step at a time um, while you're dating other people. Yeah. Okay, the reason why, because I know if you heard, I separated getting to know each other and talking. I separated those two. And the reason why I separated it is because I feel like, because uh, 
we talked about this, I believe, on the women, women's episode, I believe. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about being friends first. And, that, you know, that's that's a good thing, you know, about being friends. So I feel like during the getting to know each other is uh, more general questions, you know, not so much in the romantic sense. Of course, you may be able to throw a little bit of that in there if you want to. But um, it's just getting to know, like, okay, hi, how are you? You know, what's your favorite color? Like, that type of stuff. And then I feel like talking is like we are... Well, I'm um, interested. This is where yeah. I'm like, okay, I've gotten to know you. I'm interested in you and seeing where this goes further. Maybe you do some dinner dates or full day dates, you know, um, where you guys do a full day of activities. So it gets a little bit more intimate. You start to talk, have different conversations. This is where um, I think I think you posed the question about if you're celibate, when to bring up celibacy. And this, for me, this is where I would bring any sort of conversation um in regards to that um you know so yeah yeah I think yeah I think it's that moment I know there's so many because it could be so confusing and I think this all goes back to communication because there's some people who are like oh we're in the we're just talking and there are other people who are like oh you you're my boyfriend it's like no I no I never said that you know so you got to definitely have that uh, make sure you're communicating with each other um during the uh during the dating stage we always say y'all are dating each other or whatever are you a are you allowed to uh date other people or is it just you're bound to one person Hmm, let me get that (laughs) aj yeah let me get that um this is what i say if you're truly interested in somebody you shouldn't be dating other people because that's one of the things I'm I'm looking for. Like, how faithful are you? If you can't be, if you can't show me what I'm going into, then chances are I'm not gonna wanna be involved. Because if you're interested in me and I'm interested in you, why do you feel you need to sit up there and go out with other guys? Now, if you if I if I'm um if I'm trying to talk to a girl and I'm really interested and I'm thinking about taking it to the next level, that's the first thing I'm looking for. How many guys is she messing with? Is it just me? Is she serious about me? That's the first thing I'm looking for. Is she running around with this one, that one, and this one? I'm like, she can't be serious about me. Why am I dedicating myself to her if she's not dedicating herself to me? That's the first thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Are there any other people who may have, uh, maybe you want to add something to that? Maybe you have a different perspective. Anyone? Yes, Kendra. I think for me, communication is key. And I think even so, because even in this conversation, you've kind of established what the stages look like. But I think based off of perspective and who the person is and where they are in their journey of dating, I think it's very important that a conversation is had in regards to discussing what those different steps look like in a relationship as it pertains to that particular person. Because I think very often what happens in relationships as whole, like friendships, whatever, people come to a, a mutual space and have different perspectives on things. And it's just the assumption that you think like I think. So since you think like I think, you automatically know that because we're dating, whatever dating means for me must mean the same exact thing for you. And because of that, now I'm irritated because 
you're not only dating me, but you're dating somebody else. Whereas he might have the assumption that dating is talking. So if we don't have this conversation to be on the same page, then we're not, we're just going to confuse each other. There are going to be a bunch of us. We're going to disappoint each other every time. So something that could be a great, beautiful relationship that flourishes ends up getting lost in translation. So I feel like those, I'm really big on communication. So having those conversations early in the game that I remember in college dating a gentleman in particular and explaining to him, like us sitting down and having a conversation, he was very interested in me. I was interested in him, but us having a conversation of, okay, this is what the stages of this will look like. These are kind of what the expectations are. And if I come up with anything along the way that I may not recognize that I haven't told you already, I'm going to communicate with you. So when we were dating after our talking stage, because talking to me is like a data collection, but I feel like you still do data collection throughout dating as well. But when we came to this tail end portion of what we assumed was our dating, it was, well, we're not ready to be in a committed relationship necessarily. However, I am ready to prepare myself to say, I don't want to spend time like this with nobody else but you and vice versa. How do you feel about that? So I feel like very often what happens is people get lost because they don't communicate. And sometimes it can be very uncomfortable. I feel like now because I am older, because I am 31, I'm just in a different space in my life where if we're going to do this, we're going to have to constantly have communication and constant conversation just so that we both know that we have we're on the same page in regards to expectations and boundaries because if not we could just we could throw it away before we it ever has a chance to take legs and actually move somewhere so that's kind of how I have to think about it because if not like I said like it's real easy to be like like you said like we talking and it's like no I'm just kind of you know like I thought we were dating or I thought we were in a relationship and that's how people end up in situationships all the time because there's this assumption that's made yeah, I and the reason why I wanted, uh, well, I, I think I mentioned this before, but, you know, there are people who feel like you're allowed to be with other people until, you know, you get married. And mm-hmm. then some people, they're like, you know, open, you know, they have this open marriages now, you know, that's the thing too. And it's like, you know, and I'm just thinking that you don't have to talk about that. Everybody knows that, you know, you're just supposed to be committed to work. Right, yeah different views about that and that's why we talk about that communication thing like don't just don't please don't assume you may think you're over asking or whatever I would rather over talk or whatever it is than you know get into a marriage and you thinking that it's supposed to be one way and you know the other person is doing another so I think it's just important that you that communication like you said is very very important um I wanted to be uh, Tabitha touched on it a little bit, talking about celibacy and, you know, keeping yourself during um, the dating season, which, whoa, okay, which can be hard for some people to do. Okay, so, which can be hard for some people to do. So, I want to talk about that. How is that now? Um, I want to talk to those people who are still in the dating season. I know some people are married. Um Brian, can you talk to me a little bit about that? What is that like um, trying to keep yourself, you know, during while you're dating someone? Um, how do you go about with doing that? I believe uh, boundaries um, are definitely, definitely important. Um, 
just um, a couple days ago, I um, had the, I went on a date and I was, um, so I, for me, I have this rule that I don't talk on the phone to the opposite sex after 10 at night um, because I know me, I've been with me all my life. Um, I know how I get after a certain time. And so to avoid going there, it's like by 10, got to nothing personal, just I know me. So um, boundaries are definitely important. Um, you know, definitely need to be established from the, from the get go because everyone has, everyone has triggers. Everyone has, um, different things that, you know, either get to them or there's, everyone knows, or hopefully everyone should know their kryptonite. And I believe like what makes every superhero great is not them knowing their strength, but in them knowing their weakness and in them being able to navigate and miss their weaknesses and still be the strong person that they are, you know? Here you come again with these analogies. I just be loving it. I'll be all for it. Uh, he, he he just, if you're on a roll with him, I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're talking about boundaries. Can someone, um, Tabitha, can you give us some examples of some more boundaries that you may have or that you feel like people, you know, maybe you may not have some but other people may have during the dating season to make sure that they, you know, keep themselves. Um, I think, uh, I think Brian mentioned speaking on the phone. I think that also goes for, to a certain degree, dates, how late you stay out, what sort of activities you are doing in the evening that sort of promotes more physical interaction <laughs> versus, you know, I think just to be mindful, um, mindful of that too. Um, so that's one. And then also on the flip note, I think there's also a level of, besides the physical boundaries, I think there's also a level of boundaries that we have to have as individuals in terms of giving too much too soon too much personal or private information, um, you know, to piecemeal it step by step and um, let the person get to know you before giving out too soon, too early. How do you know if it's too early? Because I know some people may be different. Like, you know, you may be feeling them a little bit more, so you may give a little bit more. So, But how do you know, like, if, you know, if this is just something that you probably should share or maybe that you should share? You know, I think for me, it's been a trial and error. Um, you have to sort of learn and gauge yourself and understand. Um, you sort of have to learn to protect yourself in a way so that, uh, it's, and it's not like they're your enemy, but there's a level of protection of self that you have to have going into dating and to remember to stay true to yourself and not compromise certain things for other people. So uh, when it comes to giving too much too soon, I, I, I'm more so speaking of your hope, not hopes, dreams and wishes, but things that you know that would be hurtful should the person walk out of your life um, tomorrow, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining that clearly, but yeah. Wow. 
Um, yeah, I like that. I, I'm glad that you explained that because I, I think that's important. Some people, they're like, they will tell you their whole, all right, this including the family information, yeah. you know, a, there's boundaries surrounding that. And I think also with women, what I find with other Christian friends that I know, and including myself, I've gone through this too. You naturally c- come with the assumption that uh, everyone that you meet has sort of the same intentions, even within the same congregation that you that you're in. And you also have to understand that you meet people at different phases and spaces in their lives. And um, there's, a, there's, a need, uh, there's a need to know yourself and know your boundaries and have strength in that. Yeah, and you know what kind of goes um, with, with Brian, how he gave, you gave the, um, the boundary of, you know, at a certain time, you shouldn't, you know, he gets off, you know, the phone or whatever. And, you know, he's like, no, let me, because I know that at a certain time and he knows himself and what he can handle. But I, you know, we're thinking of it more in a physical sense, but I was also thinking about it in more of a, of, you know, with sharing, you know, how people, they say, you know, after 12, you know, you just start sharing everything, you know, when you're talking, you may be like, yeah, you know, I did this back in, and it's like, whoa, whoa, you know, and many times we overshare, or you just become super comfortable, like, there is just a certain time of the day, like, when it's later at night, people are more comfortable, and you may be laying in bed, you're just more free, and so you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, and this happened, and, and, da, da, da. and then the next day, uh, you know, later on, you're like, wait, hold on, I, I should have shared all of that, you know, that has happened a lot, so I think that's, those are, um, those are also, you know, um, a boundary, you know, that you have to think about is because some people, they're more talkative and they're more open, you know, but a lot of us are podcasters. So a lot of us do know how to talk. So that is something that, you know, we have to make sure we watch out for and not oversharing. Um, I want to talk about conversations. So when it comes to, uh, we talked about before, I mean, I'm sorry, back up. When we talk about dating, there are a lot of different conversations that you need to have before you go into like, marriage or maybe into being engaged or maybe into saying that you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend so because we are talking about dating I want to talk about before we get into boyfriend and girlfriend what are different conversations that you need to have Uh, Monet you can help me out with this one uh what are some things that you feel like you need to definitely talk about before you say I want you to be my boyfriend or girlfriend um I think that two things one the first one would be what is your belief system um, because some people will, you know, date people with other beliefs and it might not be a quote unquote big deal up front. But if you decide to move forward and, you know, pursue the relationship further as time goes on, that likely will cause issues in terms of what you want, um, the direction that you want to take your life into and all of these other things. So I think making sure that that's part of the conversation, not just what do you believe, but like, what are you practicing in terms of your belief system? Because a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. Okay, well, where's the fruit of that? What does your life actually look like? What are you actually practicing on a daily basis? What are you submitting yourself to? What are you subjecting yourself to? Where are you actually taking these beliefs and actually executing them in your life? Um, Are you actually surrendering to the Lord? Are you just like, yeah, I know I ain't supposed to do that, but you know, God know my heart. Or are you actually like going before him? Like, Lord, you know, this is something I'm struggling with coming to my life in this area and help me work through this. Are you co-laboring with the Lord? So the belief system definitely is the first thing that I think you should make a part of the conversation. And then what direction of your life are you actually going in? Now I say that because I have a friend who is very adamant and she is very comfortable in this position. She does not desire to have children 
at all whatsoever. Loves her godchildren, is very thankful for them, but she not desires to carry birth child at all whatsoever. And a lot of people have been telling her like, oh, that'll change, you know, when you meet the guy and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, that is not a desire of my heart. The Lord did not put that in me. I am I'm good at that. Um, so I know that people might be like, well, you're dating, you know, that doesn't necessarily need to come up, but just the things that you want in life. Cause some people, they want to travel. Like they want to literally be like a nomad and just travel the, the world. They don't necessarily want to have a, a certain address where this is where I live. You know, I come back to this house every day. They want to be world travelers. They want to, you know, world school their kids. They want to just take, you know, life as it comes and be a little bit more fluid. But some people really operate well based on schedules and predictability. And this is my routine. This is what I like. And so even from taking it as a big idea like that and bringing it a little bit smaller into, you know, within the next year, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, graduating from school and then I'll, you know, likely get a job working here or, you know, within the next five years, I want to purchase a house and this is what I'm doing to prepare for that. So different things like that, because some people don't want to be homeowners. Some people like renting. They're like, I ain't about to be fixing this water heater and, and cutting this grass and doing all this extra junk, but some people don't mind doing that. And so just getting on the same page about what direction you actually are looking to take your life into, maybe not necessarily having every detail laid out, but at least seeing, does this person have a plan? And if so, what does their plan look like? And what are they doing to bring that into fruition? Yes. I love that. Uh, Lamar, can you, uh, what is something, I know you're married, you're married now. So, but are there some things that you probably had uh, some conversations that you were like, oh yeah, I definitely need to ask this. So I we definitely talk about this before, you know, I, you know, get to the point of wanting mm -hmm. to be committed. What are, uh, can you give us some examples? Uh, for me, the biggest one was they family, because, you know, when you get married to somebody, regardless if you like it or not, they are a part of you. So um, especially like their mental health background, just certain situations, just all that type of stuff you really need to understand is the family. Um, just talking about finances, like that's a big one. Um, I think that's like the number one reason for divorce is, is financial stuff. Just getting the understanding of are we going to have a joint account or we have in our own separate accounts? How much are you spending? You know, like prime example you know do you is it a certain amount where we need to talk to each other or not just those things really matter um just having an in-depth conversation and the, the key part about it is being consistent after you're having that conversation um of like okay this is what we agreed upon this is what we're sticking to that way as we transition into marriage we cool and we had that understanding instead of once we get married like let's just say before you get married oh yeah we're gonna have separate accounts but now we all get married Oh yeah, I need money. You holding out, you know, you start getting all that thing, but it's like, I thought we agreed we were separate. So just really being clear. And I think that's why we have a lot of difficulties with relationships right now, just because people are not clear, concise, and not really being upfront on what they really want. And as a result, I think somebody brought it up. We kind of look at people like, oh, mind readers are like, I was saying this, but you were really saying that instead of just really sitting down to have that conversation. Yeah, I... I, I love it. There's there's just so I feel like there's just so much to talk about dating. I feel it should be that boy. Like there should be a lot of stuff you got to talk about because there's just so when you're talking about because I believe that marriage is it should be till death, you know. And I I want to be with you forever. I don't want to have I don't want to you know go through divorce. I don't think anybody wants to. But you know some people they're like oh you know after two years you know I'm good. You know there are people who are like that. But I was like I want it to be until death so there are a lot of questions that I need to ask and a lot of different conversations they may be a bit uncomfortable um I wanted to because no one has really mentioned friends 
how do you feel about French, uh, you know, the friends that the person may keep around them? What can you tell? What are some things that you look at when you see that they uh, see their friends? Um, uh, who can I have? Uh, Brian, you can go ahead and um, answer this one. That's a, a real great question. First, I want to say um, that was an awesome point uh, Monet made because, you know, um, you can have just because you're Christian, you know, or a believer doesn't mean you're going in the same direction. There's many planes in the sky, but not every plane is going to the same destination. So uh, that was just a real good point. And regarding friends, um, I believe that uh, that plays a part because I, I believe when you walk in a room, either two things happens. Either you change the people in the room or the people in the room change you. So if you're talking with someone or dating someone who you're trying to like build up and try to help them to become the best version of themselves. And if they, but if they have friends who are like trying to drag them down, then um, it's not going to work. That's why I believe like eagles have no business hanging around chickens because the chicken is only concerned with what's on the ground, whereas the eagle is concerned with what's in the air. So it's like, it, you know, um, who is able to influence you definitely plays a big part. Killing yeah. the bird analogies. Killing the bird analogies. Yeah, real. <laughs> you just on a roll here. I love it. I love it. Um, are there any red flags we can look at the friends? Uh, when you see the friends of a person, are there any red flags that you'd be like, mm, no, uh, Tabitha? I think if I couldn't hang out, I'm the type of person that I would love to hang out with my husband's sisters, brothers, like outside of my future husband. And I think it's always something beautiful where you're able to hang out with them or still be able to have some sort of a level of a bonding over friendship um, with um, your spouse's friends. So I think once his, the friends can hang out with me and my family and we gel together, it's a beautiful thing. I'm big on family. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for me, um, when it comes to what I hear, you know, we talk about having these conversations and they tell me, let's say a guy tells me uh, that he wants to, you know, start a business. And he wants to do all of these different things. And I look at his friends and they are, all of them are unemployed. They're not, they're not, it's not even a, um, like they're doing stuff. They're, they're not doing anything at all. They're just kind of all in the basement and they just, they're not uh, just sitting in their parents' basement, you know, living there, not really doing much. She's just like, oh, okay, well, we don't really know yet. So, but they're playing video games all day and it's just, there's no potential there when it comes to their friendships, but you're, you're uh, the person that you're dating they have they're saying something different but you see that when they get around their friends they act like them you know and it's just like okay that's weird so I think that's something you know I always look at the family and I always I want to look at the friends too to see what what are they doing how are they acting um you know are they do they have the same views as you and what is your um that's also another question that you can ask is what are what is your criteria when it comes to friends? You know, we have our our standards when it comes to relationships. Well, what are your standards when it uh, when it comes to romantic relationships? But what are your standards when it comes to friends? Who do you allow around you? Um, I think that's just that's very important. Um, did anyone want to say? Oh, yes, Lamar. 
And I'll, just listening to what everybody said, I think this is why it's important to to be under a good leadership in your church. Because um, I think for me personally, you know, I had to sit down with my apostle and his wife, who's a prophetess. Like you had to go through marriage counseling. You know, we really sat down and had questions and they've been married all over almost, I would say, over 40 years now. Um, and they take time with people before they marry them. It's not just, you know you pay me and I marry you and move on. Like, no, we're going to sit down. Like, and they really took their time. So I say all that to say, I think that um, instead of us, you know, as, as believers really listening to other people a part of the time, which is a part of the problem, let's sit down with somebody who has a successful marriage, you know, especially preferably somebody that's in your church, that's in leadership to really sit down and have these conversations. Cause I think a part of the problem is we are always doing us and thinking how we feel, so on and so forth. But God is saying, just follow my way and you'll be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes money. I see um, Another thing to add. So in terms of like friendships and like are those red flags or what do the red flags look like? I would need to to have some questions answered. Like if you're the one in the group who's the voice of reason, who is your accountability? Where are you? Where's your accountability partner at? Because if the people that you're hanging around are just chilling and ain't really doing nothing with their life, they don't have any goals, no visions. They can't, you know, say, you know, within, the, you know, this is what I'm working on. You have nothing. I would need to know, like, well, why are you hanging out with them? Because for some people, they're like, oh, well, we grew up together, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. Those are people you grew up with. Cool. But if that's the only um friend group that you have and you don't necessarily hang around people who are where you're trying to go you don't have anybody that is where you're at currently you don't have any mentors that to me would be an area of concern because I would want to know what type of influence are the people that you hanging out with having on you if they're not doing anything productive with their life if they're just like hanging around playing video games all day living in their mama basement chilling I have no desire to go anywhere because I'm good where I'm at like that would be I, I would be concerned about that. That would cause me to to wonder, like, are you putting on a show for me? Like, if these are your people, if these are, are folks who are a reflection of you because you're a reflection of your closest circle. If they're your reflection, then what are what am I seeing when I see you? Are you just trying to impress me? Is this the real you? Are you trying to positively influence them? I, I got some questions I would need answered personally. Oh, yeah. Yes, Kendra. Yeah. Everybody's point... Um, Everybody who just says so many like key pivotal things, because even thinking to Tabitha's point, like I'm big on community. So like my circle, my squad, my tribe, whatever you want to call them, they mean so much to me. But I also know that I have had times in my life where I've looked at back, looked back in my community and been like, look, if I was married, child, listen, this would be a hot, ratchet, filthy mess. But even to <laughs> but even like to Lamar's point, even to Monet's point. Having the having wisdom in the room and having those discussions with you know people who have experienced this, preferably like you said, somebody who is a spiritual leader, somebody who is uh, trying to help you grow, who is a pivotal part in your growth individually, and will play a pivotal role in your growth together. And even thinking about the influence that your circle of friends have. So I know one thing that I think about is how, how what is your friend's perspective on covenant. Because that's important. Are your friends going to respect and regard our covenant if we get to that point in a way where they're not going to push you or try to influence you to compromise? If something is going on and maybe you go out and something happens at the home front 
and I need you to come back. Are they gonna be like, oh, this is this? Are they gonna be like, oh, bro, go ahead and do what you gotta do? I got the, I got your part of the deal. Like, I need to know how they reflect in regard covenant. Or are they gonna be, you know, cracking jokes and you know, they gonna crack jokes regardless because that's just my circle. We got all the jokes for days. However, how do they operate in regards to? seeing whoever get married off and recognize it because some people are in different spaces in their lives and that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person and like Monet said like there's a question the question of like okay is this person just like a part of that nostalgia experience for you because y'all been friends since y'all were little bitty kids or is this the person where if something is going on they're going to be pointing you back to our marriage they're going to be pointing you back to our vows they're going to be pointing you back to what your role is as a husband regardless if i'm acting outside of myself as a wife so just kind of having those pieces and parts it still points back to me like what are your friends when you hear the word covenant when you and your friends talk are your friends like okay with like people cheating because i'm not okay with that you say you're not okay with that are they going to be helping you cover up or are they going to be like, nah, bro, like you got to get your life together. You know, we not already built like that because I can honestly say at this point in my life, that's what my friend circle looks like. There have been key pivotal moments in my life where I'd be like, dang, this is an issue. And it's like, uh-uh, nope, tighten up, tighten up. You got to get it. So if that's not it, he has some work he needs to do on the back end in regards to trying to figure that out. And I just think that that's a key point, like looking to like, because when you talk about marriage, you're talking about forsaking everybody, mama, daddy, whoever, like even like, you know, even spiritual leadership takes a different shift in regards to what your marriage now looks like. So you need to figure out like covenant, you know, what Jojo and them on the block, what they're going to say if you got to leave because we got something to do the next day. So just kind of thinking those parts and it's just all of this, everything that everybody said just makes so much sense because it's necessary if marriage is the end, is the end goal, essentially. Yes. I they your friends, many times we don't, I don't feel like anyone has really said this, but sometimes they can keep a relationship together. Sometimes when you're going through uh when it comes to uh when you go through work problems or whatever it is, you go to your friends many times to go for advice. And you go look at that person that uh, that person that you may be interested in. Who do they go to for advice? Are they going to be the one that's going to encourage you? Like how you were saying, are they going to be the one to say, oh, yeah, go back to your wife. Go back to your husband. No, y'all got to work it out. Y'all got to talk it out. Or what? He did this. Oh, OK. Well, you know, you need to leave him. Like, don't worry. I got a lawyer. You know, we can help you out. And and even your like, friends being okay. wise enough. I'm sorry. I don't mean to over talk you, but even oh, your friends being wise enough to be like, oh, no, that's not my business. That's not my business. Nope, oh, no. that's not my business. Come you, on need now. To, you need to go. Ah, uh, nope. Because I have, like, I've, I've been in several weddings of some of my closest friends, and we're human. Like, you know, human, we have human moments in early in marriage sometimes, though, you know, you got to have those reminders. So I've had to tell my friends, like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I was standing next to you when you took this vow. So that means to a certain extent, the blood is on my hands. Uh uh-uh, uh, you need to go talk to your husband, sis. That ain't got nothing to do. That's not my business. And I'm sowing those types of seeds because those are the type of seeds I want somebody to sow into my marriage. I don't, that's not my business. So still being mature enough to recognize, even in that moment, like I know we talk and we tell everything. We've been friends since week five or six. But sis, this, this ain't my business. You're going to have to handle this on you. Take it to God, take it to your husband. 
<laughs> take it to leadership. Call, call your pastor and ask for a counseling session. But that's not my business because, you know, because that's how people get people in their marriage. And then you didn't, you upset with Ray Ray and them. And you, now you mad and your mama and all of them know they mad and you and Ray Ray are made up, but they still mad at Ray Ray because you have been telling all your, I'm going to shut up. No, you're preaching, ma'am. Yes, uh, I wanted to get the example my parents said uh, they were talking about when they first got married and how my um my father he was very used to being by himself and my mom was used to being by herself and it was hard for them like when it came to sharing and like you know they're living in the house together and stuff it was just very different and my mom she left she was like you know what forget this and she went to her grandmother it was like yeah what her grandma was like I don't know why you coming over here because you you about to go back to him you know or whatever and my father, he brought this out in his message uh, when he was teaching, uh, preaching on one Sunday. And he was talking about, I was glad that she went to somebody who was a godly woman, you know, and that was encouraging her to come back because there are people who would, it was in that same situation, they would have been, it could have caused for a divorce to just like, oh, you know, leave him, you know, he, I don't know, he tripping. No, but not saying, but making sure that you say, y'all need to go work it out. I know you're going through and you may be sad or whatever, but y'all need to go, uh, y'all need to go talk or whatever because y'all got to stay together. Y'all still love, like, are they going to uplift you? I think that's just so important. We, sometimes some of the things that we're so focused on may not be the, um, may not be something that you need to be so focused on. Like when it comes to those friendships and those surroundings, I got to see who you're around, who are you around when it comes to work? Like how do you, and how do you act uh, towards me when you're around your friends? There's some people who, oh, bro, I love you, Debbie, when it's just us too. But then when we get around friends, you act like you don't know me. And that is a huge problem. And many people do that. So I think that's that's definitely something. Uh, I don't know if anyone else wanted to add something to that. Um, yeah, I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that um, first you have to know yourself. So I always start off with people don't really like lists, but any business that you go into has a business plan. So I approach life in much that very same way. If you know what you want, but you have an idea of where you're heading because you know this is what you want to tolerate, this is what you don't want, or whatever. You can't, your friends won't be able to, to, um, to put their little input into that and throw you off because you already know what you want. When you address friends with the issue, they're only giving you advice based on their experiences, whether they be good or bad, who knows? If a guy did them wrong, then they're going to be like, oh, this guy did this. Oh, he did that to you. Oh, my God. This is the... It might be the tiniest problem that you have, in, but they blow it up into a big old mountain. Mm-hmm. So this is why I always say I advocate for speaking to your pastor, speaking to a therapist if you need to. People that really don't have anything to do with your life whatsoever, and they're actually giving advice based on true information, not based on, oh, my experience, this is what happened with this and this and that. And every person is different, okay? Just because this person did this to you doesn't mean the one you're going to do that, do the same thing. Just like you had said before, when you don't address what you want in the relationship, 
you might think in your dating and this person think you're just talking. People address things totally different. So if you don't have that, you don't have that meeting of the minds and you don't know what's what's going on, you go speak to your friends and they're telling you something that's just crazy. But it sounds good. So you go with it. And I think that's that that's a good point that you made. And that's why it's even more important to make sure that if there's an issue or if there's a rift or whatever, to talk to the person that you're married to. Well, not everybody. Some people are often looking for people to kind of um, coax their feelings to make them feel affirmed in the, the, the negative feelings that they're experiencing or make it seem as though that they're right or make it seem as though the offense is legitimate and I should be angry and mad when really, if you're really that angry and mad, you need to go tell your spouse, I'm angry with you. I'm mad at you. I don't like the way you said that. And I don't know if it's just a matter of we're trying to avoid feeling more negative feelings, thinking that they might not receive you well or they might misunderstand. But there's always going to be misunderstanding when we don't address our issues. Like our unaddressed issues are going to cause more issues. And so going to your significant other, your spouse, whoever it is you're dating and saying, hey, I, I feel like we have a problem. If you don't have a problem, I got a problem. This is what the situation is. And this is why I got the problem. But I don't think a lot of people do that. They're often going to these other people. And I'm not saying wise counsel is bad, but did you try to address the situation with your spouse before you decided to take it to somebody else? Because a lot of times people feel blindsided. Like, I didn't even know you felt that way. Or I didn't even know you were mad. Or we're trying to kind of dance around the feelings that we're feeling because it's like, well, you should just know, or I shouldn't have to tell you that. Yes, you, you should. Tell it. Tell it all. Let them know. Even if you think that they should know, oh, well, say it anyway. And I don't think people do that enough because they I don't know if they feel like they're um, being somebody's parent by having to tell them that, you know, you said this and you hurt my feelings. I shouldn't have to tell you that. Well, maybe they didn't notice. Maybe they were having an off day and their mind was somewhere else and they might have said something a certain way or not even thought twice about what they said or did. And now you're offended. But if you don't communicate that and like we said earlier, over communicate, that's never a bad thing, because at least the person knows where you are mentally when you're communicating with them, whether it be regular communication or over communicating. The point is, you're still letting the person know what's going on with you. I agree. Yes, I um, I I, agree. I wanted to ask you a question because I. Monet, uh, when it comes to marriage, because I know many times, you know, they say, oh, you know, I'm going to my girls to see, you know, what I should do or whatever. Do you feel like, um, how do you feel about um, going to your friend to ask, you know, maybe there's a situation that happened. Um, you may ask someone who is married. Uh, let's say, if, you know, Kendra, if she got married and she came to you and tried to ask you um, a question, um, as to, you know, like, okay, well, what should I do in this situation or whatever? Um, do you feel like that's okay? Or do you think it should be, uh, they shouldn't come to you. They should go to someone else. Like, how do you think someone should go about that? For those people who may have just got married and they're like, wait, hold on up. This is different. What are your so, thoughts on that? For newlyweds, it de- I think it depends. So I'm going to use this as an example. This had, she has not come to me yet, but um, my husband's youngest brother, he's been married for less than a year now. And so, you know, I'm cool with life. We, we cool with all of that and younger than me. Um, but if she were to come to me and say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this you thing. I personally think in that particular context, I have enough maturity to, to distinguish if she's oversharing to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, if you're going to tell me this, you need to leave all the details out because I don't need to know the specifics. But if you can give me something broad in general, then I can kind of help point you in the right direction on how you can um, best approach this. Also, knowing that I have the ear to be able to distinguish 
okay, it's not like you're just blaming this person and you're not taking any responsibility for how you might have contributed to the situation. In that situation, I'll be like, I hear what you're saying. You need to go talk to your husband about this because sometimes it's all it's going to take is for me to sit and listen and say, y'all need to talk. Because most of the times when people are having issues, it's because they talk or not, or it's because they need to communicate or, or do something different and they're not doing it or they can't see it. And so- I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think um, it can be a slippery slope when they don't have people in a position who are mature enough to be able to either point them back to their spouse or when they're dealing with somebody who, for lack of a better phrase, likes a gossip. Um, a lot of times people, and I, I can't stand when they do this. I, it's just, it bugs me. They'll go to their friend, like dogging out their husband or the way that they speak of their spouse to other people. Even if the person is in the room, y'all know how men are. No, I know how my husband is. And y'all, y'all not about to generalize him in this nonsense that y'all talking about with y'all husbands over here, but people will do that. And so I think in situations like that, when someone, if somebody comes to me and they saying, man, he's so stupid. He did that. No, 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 no. What you're not going do is dog your husband to me that's I'm not getting involved in that what you can do okay you can tell me how you're feeling and what the situation made you experience but you you don't necessarily have to go down this rabbit hole of projecting the negative feelings you're feeling onto the situation that you're explaining to me and I think a lot of people don't know how to be neutral when they're explaining a situation to somebody, they often, like I said earlier, will go to somebody trying to kind of coax their feelings and get somebody to tell them that what they're feeling is legitimate. Like, oh, yeah, girl, you should be mad. Yep, he was dumb. He shouldn't have did that. That's not going for wise counsel. That's not seeking counsel in a wise multitude. That's you trying to go gossip or trying to make yourself feel better about being irritated or mad at your significant other. That's that particular type of approach I think is a slippery slope and it can actually be dangerous because when you're going to these people communicating all these negative things or negative experiences that you're having now what you're basically doing is reprogramming how other people view your spouse so like what was said earlier now y'all done repaired the situation and fixed it and everything but all the last thing I heard was that he was talking to you like he was crazy and he ain't paying the bills and he got fired and this that and the other mm. now I have this preconceived notion of who you're is based on the information you gave me and so as I was saying if you're coming to me seeking wise counsel and I'm mature enough and I've been in the game long enough to to at least be able to teach you some things or give you some nuggets which you should know based on your interactions with me how you hear me speaking the things you see me uh, posting since we in the social media world now if you see I'm not about that messy life then coming to someone like that and saying hey I really need some advice is smart if you can't tell whether or not this person can handle your information without it being circulated, or if you can't go to this person and say, you know what, I don't really know if I'm going to get good advice, but I want to talk to somebody, then that's a no. It's a no for me. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I, I wanted to hear about that because I know, uh, you know, a lot of people, they have different views on that. I wanted to... Um, I want to move on to our next segment, which is called Rid, Work, Adopt. And what we do, uh, I want each person to choose whether um, you want to say something that you want to get rid of, or maybe it's something that you want to work on, or something you want to adopt. So uh, just choose one and then tell me uh, which one you want to do. Um, and you can go ahead and explain it a little bit um, if you can, so that the audience and, you know, we all understand what you're talking about. So I'm going to start off with Brian. What is something, um, uh, read, work, adopt? 
Um, I, I've been working on this, but, um, and definitely grateful to be much better in this area, but time management, um, you know, and it just, you know, that goes across the board, not just in a relationship or dating, but all across the board. Um, one thing I don't like is when people say, I'll be there in five minutes and here it is, uh, 35 minutes later, it's like, um, no, you know, um, I'm, you know, because I'm trying to be a better manager of my time, then if, if you're going to be in my circle, I need you to respect my time and I will respect your time. You know, of course people are late or early, but, um, you know, it's okay to be, you know, say you're running late. And so, um, you know, I've, I've definitely gotten better about time management and that goes along with um, protecting my peace and just protecting, you know, sometimes you got to say no and be okay with it. And so, um, and not feel bad about it, whether it's regard to hanging out or work or just people, you got to, um, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day. So it's all how we managed it and make the most of it. But um, that's one thing I've definitely gotten uh, better in. Yes. Um, let me see who I want to have next. Uh, Tabitha, what is something um, maybe you want to get rid of or work on or adopt in terms of relations, uh, in terms of your uh, romantic life? Oh, in terms of my romantic Sorry. Okay. Okay. Can you, yeah, can you come back? To, yeah. yeah. Can you come back? Okay. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, Kendra, you want to go? Sure. Um, so something that I have adopted is really being intentional about making myself available. You know, if I say that I am, I desire marriage and all of that stuff, which is all very true, making myself available in the sense of creating the time uh, because I do a lot. I have a lot on my plate. I play a lot of roles and I, I try to be responsible of those things and mindful. And like I said, I'm big on community and I love my people and I know that they love me, but really taking the time to focus in on myself. So like one thing I did this summer was being intentional about if I say I want to do something, even if I have to go by myself, I'm going. Um, I love my friends. They're great. They're amazing. But many of them are married or they're dating. They're in courtship right now. So being intentional about the fact that if I say I'm going to go somewhere, even if that means I'm going by myself, I'm going. And I've had a couple instances where I've had to go by myself. I went by myself. I didn't fall apart. I had a great time. And yeah, that's something I'm working on right now. Yes. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with Lamar. What is a read worker or adopt? Um, I think for me, the biggest point, um, and listening to everybody, um, I need to continue to work on my communication. I think that is a very important thing. It decreases a lot of issues. And I think, um, especially as men, it's kind of like we communicate different, you know, to the fellas. We know how it is. And we say, you know, we going to Home Depot to get this, this, and that. We out in five minutes. We got everything. But, you know, when you're communicating to women, it's like, no, but we also said da, da, da. And we like, but we said this, but really y'all saying that. So I think, you know, just spending that time to really just communicate and verbalize. So that way we can get on the same page and just be more effective in that area. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I will definitely second that communication. (laughs) Yeah, communication for me is where it's at. Um, Just learning to be more clear in my intentions, even as I meet people, um, is something that I feel like I could do better with. Yes. Uh, Are you? Oh, you okay. Um, We're going to have Andre. What is a raid work or adopt? Um. Red, I would say, you know, I always say um, the one thing I want is for God to make me more like, to be closer to God, you know, be more like him. I'll, you know, I always say that, but then, you know, I'm backsliding this way. I'm being persuaded, you know, to be with my friends and do the things they're doing. And a lot of the things that other people are doing are not necessarily beneficial to where I'm going or where I'm trying to go. You know, they, people tend to pull you down. You know, like if you're running a race and you got somebody else on your back, it's kind of hard to get there when this person is steady holding you down, holding you back. You need people, surround yourself with people that are pulling you forward as a pulling you backwards. So for me, I want to increase my circle of positiveness. I want to um, just make sure that the people in my circle are trying to do the same things I'm trying to do. You know, so there's a big conflict there because, you know, people that you grew up with and, you know, the people that you actually know that you have access to. You know, there's a there's a difference between, you know, you know you can have, you know you should be with these people, but you don't have access to them. As opposed to the people that you do have access to are holding you back. So I'm trying to just grow and try to have access to the people that are where I want to be. Yes, um, of course. I think that's amazing. We talked. We were just talking about that with friendships and people that you got around you. You got to make sure that you're watching that. Um, Monet, what um, red work adopt in terms of uh, your romantic life? I think what I need to adopt, and I actually was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday, is that I need to be more intentional about learning me. I um. I'm, and I'm going to try to keep it brief. Um, so we have two littles. Our our middle just turned three and our youngest, she'll be um, two in December. And so between that and having moved states, because we started out in Michigan, we moved to North Carolina um, almost three years ago. And so just having this time of trying to reestablish community and then there's motherhood and then my oldest started school and all these different things. I haven't actually been able to take the time I should have taken to relearn who I am throughout all of these different transitions. And so being intentional about spending time to learn and get to know Monet in order to then be a better version of myself for my entire household, which is obviously going to translate to my relationship with my husband. Um, I think I need to adopt that more. So I need to find my thing. I need to find my time. I need to find my um, space to have a conversation with myself, sit and listen and meditate and think and ask myself questions. And so for me and my relationship, that will then allow us to be able to connect better because I won't have all these things in the back of my mind or hovering over my head throughout the day with all these things I have to worry about or concern myself with because I've taken time to focus on me. 
I love that. Everyone had really, uh, really good things that I think it, it all helps, you know, when it comes to your romantic life. And I want the audience to ask yourself the same question. Um, what is something you want to get rid of? What is something you want to work on? Or maybe something you need to adopt, you know, a new way of thinking or whatever, a new way of handling uh, different situations. Of, like I was talking about with communication, instead of you going to somebody else and, you know, going straight to your friends or whatever, communicate. So adopt this whole thing of, you know, talking and letting people know, uh, letting that person know, this is how I feel. This is what I would like to happen or whatever. Um, you guys were amazing. Uh, this episode has been great. I loved having you guys here. Um, the audience, uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We have uh, I want everyone to go around. I'm going to go around and uh, you can say how people can follow you. And maybe there's something you want to share with them that you may be doing right now that you would like for them to, um, you know, be a part. Um, so I'm going to start off with Lamar. All right, everyone. Again, I'm Lamar Alexander. Um, also, I have a Christian podcast called The Marty Mars Show. Um, actually dropped a new episode today featuring our host, Miss Destiny Harris. Um so you guys can follow on all those streams, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, so on and so forth. And also, um, I'm a Christian DJ. So if you guys ever need somebody to do your church event or maybe you're trying to do something, and let's be real, right? The world has their own music. Why not us highlight our own music representing our God? So that's also some, something that I do. Yes, I love that. Um, Kendra, where can we uh, find you? um yeah so um creatively i guess i go by kg kid i have a brand by the name of confessions from a tilted crown uh i can be found on instagram facebook and i also run a blog on medium you literally can just type in confessions from a tilted crown and you will find me also um by the time this actually airs i will have made the announcement that i will officially be launching my podcast Again, <laughs> um, so uh, this time I'll be doing it uh, solo by myself and it's called Crown Confessions and Conversations. I'm really, really excited. Um, it's going to be a good time. And yeah, that's that's me, Emma. Thank I you. love that. I'm proud of you. Um, Thank Brian. you. <laughs> yes. Um, Brian, where can we follow you? Again, I'm Brian Porter. Um, my podcast, Brian's Place, can be found on Spotify, Anchor, as well as YouTube. And um, I'm also as Bride Davy, AAA on Instagram. And just um, something I want to leave with the people um, just three quick things that are real important. And that is um, patience, wisdom, and understanding. You know, if you're cooking and if you have to take, if you end up taking a pie out the oven before it's ready, then you have to start all over. So whether you're dating or already, married, um, patience is, is definitely important. And so is, uh, wisdom, you know, in Proverbs four, seven, it says, get wisdom, but with all thy getting, get understanding. So, um, again, whether you're in a dating relationship or, uh, married, um, wisdom and understanding is definitely important because two people can be looking at the same thing and get two different things from it. So understanding is like the bridge that links both perspectives. So, um, continue to flow in that and of course um love always wins yes i love that <laughs> just stay on it um <laughs> uh, tabitha where can we find you 
Um, you can find me on my website at TabithaEsther.com or you can find me on Instagram at I am Tabitha Esther. I am a wellness coach. And I, by the time this airs, my wellness academy will have started. And it's specifically for women where they can learn body science, healthy habits, and healthy behaviors to create a lifestyle where they thrive as women. So you can find me at, at I am Tabitha Esther or TabithaEsther.com. Yes, I love it. Um, Monet, where can we find you? So as I shared with you guys earlier, I am a certified life coach. Uh, the brand is called The Miller Initiative. It's myself and my husband. Um, we basically service the Black family working to change the narrative and restore hope. We address the uh, pillars of marriage, family, and finances so that they could have more peace, less stress, and become the highest version of themselves. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're looking on Instagram or Facebook, really just type in The Miller Initiative and we'll pop up. If you're looking for my personal page you can find me at monet k miller and we also have a podcast really can stream pretty much anywhere anchor Apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, or you can go on our website and type in this jazz here and pop up so that's where you can find me yes i love it i love it andre where can we find you all right i could be found on facebook instagram at just acts dre and uh, my email address is just astray at gmail. So very easy to find. Yeah. Yes. I am so happy for everybody. Uh, Y'all are all doing amazing things. I, I love to see this. I think this is just amazing. Uh, I love Monet. I love that you're trying to uplift Black families. I know Tabitha was talking earlier about the Black Love Doc and how it's we're showing more like Black families together, Black uh, married couples that... Well, you know, of course, we only see one perspective, but it looked like they're happy for the most part. Oh, but <laughs> we like being able to see that. I love being able to uplift this. And I think, you know, before we get to the marriage, you know, we have to go through that dating process, which is why I wanted to talk about this. So I thank you all so much for joining me. Um, it, it took us so it was a journey trying to get us all together. But I'm happy that we are here. Finally, uh, we had the women's episode, the, the men's episode um, and, then you know, this one. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, make sure that you catch up. I also did a friendship episode with um, Angela and uh, we had an amazing talk. So please go back and listen and make sure that you're caught up on all the episodes. Uh, we are available on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, and the uh, the Podbean app. So please um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Destined Life underscore. And we have a Facebook page. Um, you can like it. It's called The Destined Life. And um also, we have the, the Destin Life YouTube channel. So please go on ahead and make sure you subscribe um, and that you uh, like the videos there. I thank you all so much for being here, all of my guests and also the audience. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, my name is Destiny Harris. I am the host and I am reminding and encouraging you to please to uh, choose today to live your best life. And that's the Destin Life. God bless you. And I love you all. Bye. Mm -hmm.